You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> well, I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My a special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families as the best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Brad, Sean Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had Judy Foreman on the program talking about how to live a longer, healthier life. Next on the Best Of. Ladies and gentlemen, is Judy ready to go? She is ready to go. Uh, Can you turn up the volume? Yeah. Yes, can we turn up the volume? That would be wonderful. We will get it to... Is that better, Judy? Uh, no. <laughs> I haven't touched anything. Yeah, he... Oh, you haven't touched yet? We have new equipment, so it's constantly adjusting, but... Okay. Know, we are... <laughs> we're a well-oiled machine. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, let me know when we're ready to go, Andy. Should All be right. okay. How, how is that, Judy? Judy can hear me better now? Uh, uh, teeny bit better. Um, I'll concentrate very hard. <laughs> How about if I do this, Judy? Oh, that's Judy right. Foreman is with us. Now we're talking. <laughs> what do you think, Maybe Judy? Maybe not. <laughs> I'll, ta- I'll talk a little louder, but not you wanna, that. Do you want to talk good. to Darth Vader? <laughs> Judy okay. Foreman being interviewed by Darth Vader. That'd be good. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Exercise is medicine, how physical activity boosts health and slows aging. Judy Foreman, our very special guest, aging despite its dismal reputation is actually one of the great mysteries of the universe. I'm going to leave it right there and just listen to you, Judy, because I love this idea. And then toward the end, i got to tell you something I decided to do, and today will be the first day of doing that, okay? <laughs> the first day of the rest of your life, yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you want to talk aging? Sure, or, absolutely. Or not. <laughs> Or not, um, yes. Trying not to, desperately. Well, the, one of the, I found out a lot of interesting things in the course of uh, researching this book, but one of them is that even though we think of aging as inevitable, and, you know, we watch ourselves and our friends and our parents sort of slowly deteriorating, um, to a biologist, aging is actually one of the big mysteries of the universe, in part because aging does not seem to be inevitable. There are some creatures, granted a little lower down on the evolutionary ladder than the rest of us, but that, that don't seem to age at all. Um, in terms of mathematics, you could put it that like sea urchins and sea anemones and freshwater hydra, um, they have the same risk of dying at age one, one year, one month, whatever, as 1,000. Whereas with us, the risk goes up, although not exactly linearly, with the more years that we live. So aging is not exactly inevitable. In fact, there are scientists who believe aging is actually an accident, an accidental byproduct of living past 
reproduction, which makes you think, why do we age? Yeah. Or more yeah, why precisely, do why do some species live after the age of reproduction? And we humans do, but so do whales, and so do elephants, and um, several other mammals live way past the age of reproduction. And why do you think that is? Is, is there any, oh. any reason for it in your mind? Is there what? Is there any reason for it that you've found? Uh, I haven't found it, but I, I researched other people who have found it. Um, and this is a theory, I have to stress. But the main theory is that having older people around, uh, some say especially grandmothers, is of benefit for the whole tribe. From the evolutionary point of view, the whole goal of life is to pass your genes on down through the generations. That keeps your genes... Um, and it turns out when there are grandmothers, uh, they help take care of the children and their children's children. And this is true of whales and elephants. They often, the older matriarchs often remember where there's a watering hole when otherwise the tribe would die in a drought or where there are food supplies. Um, so grandmothers turn out to be really important for keeping that family or that little tribe alive. And I actually saw a version of this, you know, right before my eyes. Um, back in 1993, uh, I was then a reporter for the Boston Globe, and I went out to New Mexico to see what was going on with what was mistakenly called the Navajo flu. Lots of people from the Navajo Nation were coming down with a horrible kind of pneumonia, and it was lethal. Uh, it, not in every case, but in many cases. And what happened was interesting because the doctors from New Mexico and from the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta, um, they put their heads together and they had the very good sense to talk to the Navajo elders. And it turns out that twice before in the same century, the elders had noticed um, a big increase in rainfall and a subsequent big increase in pinon nuts, which led to an increase in the deer mouse population which led to a great increase in deer mouse poop, which became aerosolized, and then people breathed it. So in, that, in essence, this epidemic had some predecessors, and knowing that from the knowledge of the elders allowed the scientists to crack the case much faster than they would have otherwise. Isn't that wonderful, all the research and uh, finding it? So it was called the Navajo Flu. It, well, yeah, but that's that, I shouldn't have mentioned that because that's a sort of a pejorative name. It's really the haunt was haunt, the Hanta H A N T A Hanta virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it right. was mistakenly dubbed the Navajo flu uh, because it mostly affected the Navajo, right? Right. That's where it started. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, so you know, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, as we move along, first of all, the, uh, the oldest. I think woman, the oldest person in the world right now is 117 years old. I, think, I believe she turned 117 on Tuesday, if I remember right. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's the oldest person. She, she's a Japanese woman, and she said she would like to live to be about a buck 30. So that, <laughs> that would be a new record. So that, that would be. be good. Uh, I, well, Jean I, Clement, she lived to be 119 or something? No, I, I was going to mention her. Yes, she... Um, I used to write, when I wrote my aging column for the Boston Globe, I, I didn't interview her, but I had a, a few columns about her. She didn't even go to the doctor until she was 100, I think. I mean, and at that point, she went because she fell off her bike. Um, she, was, <laughs> she was amazing. She was totally amazing. And, you know, one of the interesting things that I learned in my reporting is that uh, in this country, too, there is a growing uh, group of what we call centenarians, people who live over the age of, of 100. And now there's an even uh, more interesting group who live over 110. And there's enough of them to show up statistically. Um, really? It's, it seems part of the, the whole message of the book, aside from the big exercise message, the aging message is it, it, both genes and the environment, nature and nurture, both contribute to longevity. And these centenarians, there are 27 different genetic profiles that seem to characterize these centenarians. And uh, so they're genetically predisposed to live for a long time, and their numbers are growing. So it's fascinating. I yeah, my mother's 96, and oh, my wow. father's 93. Yeah. 
Wow. I mean, neither of them want to make it to 100. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's it, another it question. <laughs> it could happen. Yes, yeah. that's another area. Judy, I have a question for you. Um, I, I, the, the life expectancy of the average American actually went down this year. Yeah. Uh, a little tick. Do you think that's because uh, my question is, and in in, you know, uh, this is just out of my own brain about myself, that unless I have something to achieve, I have a really hard time with that. Do you think a lot of people get to the age of, you know, 75 or 80 or whatever it is, and they have nothing left to achieve? Do you think that affects them mentally and therefore physically as well? Uh, that's a great question. I have absolutely zero data on that. Subjectively, (laughs) (laughs) subjectively, that makes a lot of sense. But to put in a more scientific context, over, you know, a long time, worldwide, life expectancy at birth has been going up. It's now 81.1 years for women and for men, 76.1. And that's mm-hmm. mainly, that's not attributed to med- medical magic. It's really attributable to a safer environment overall, which means better sanitation, oh, yeah. better refrigeration, vaccines for babies and all that. But your point is absolutely right. In the last couple of years, um, life expectancy has been going down. And people, scientists attribute that to uh, what they call diseases of despair, including opioid right. addiction, suicides, you know, alcoholism, mm. those things. And that could be related to, to your point, that people right. find a lack of meaning. But statistically, it translates into these medical things. You know what's so amazing about that, Judy, is I'm just at the point in my life now. I just I just signed an extension. I do a morning talk show as well, and I just signed an extension there for several more years. And I'm already thinking, well, when that ends, I'll probably leave radio. But then what am I going to do? I'm already thinking about that eight years from now. Oh, I weird? know. I just finished uh, a new book, and I think, well, when that gets published, I'll do another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know what I'm talking about. You know, I you do, gotta I keep do. moving. I think I'm I'm a year, a f- couple years be- behind you, Tom. But not if I stand on my tiptoes, I can see retirement. And the best advice that I've got recently is, don't retire from something. You have to retire to something. Yeah. That, again, I, I don't have that's not what this book is about, but it makes it makes total sense. If you want to link um, the conversation a little bit back to exercise, one of the things that exercise, two of the main things that exercise does is it, it acts on the brain. I have a whole chapter on cognition, which is, you know, thinking and planning and all that kind of intellectual stuff, and then mood. And exercise through a chemical that uh, some people playfully call miracle Grow. it's actually a chemical that the brain makes called BDNF, which stands for Brain-Derived Neurotrophic Factor. When we exercise, the brain pumps out more and more of this chemical, and the chemical goes to the part of the brain called the hippocampus, and that it clearly um, makes the hippocampus grow, and it's been correlated with uh, much less risk of Alzheimer's and slower progression if you already have Alzheimer's, and also significantly better mood. It helps slow down or reduce the risk of depression, and it also acts in many cases as well as medication for depression. So in terms of, you know, happiness in life and and purpose in life, it hasn't been linked to purpose in life, but it has been linked to more happiness and better cognition, all of which do help a person's mood as life Mm -hmm. goes on. Yeah, exercising has become, when I was a child, um, exercise was not a big deal in my neighborhood believe me i never saw you know i saw women out for walks but i never saw men exercising or or, or doing any of those things it became a big deal pretty much in the i would say the late 60s or early 70s and kind of stayed with us but i think that is a big part of it uh what i what i like to focus on now matter of fact today by coincidence judy i'm i am going to receive some instruction because I decided for the first time in my life, uh, the farthest I've ever run is 10 miles, but I've decided I want to eventually run a marathon. That's so I'm great. following exactly what, what you're talking about, Judy, is exactly what's been in my brain right now anyway. Good. Wonderful. Uh, well, you know, New Year's resolutions tend to be, my, the timing of my book, uh, through no fault of my own, is just ends up being perfect, because people yeah, do make New yeah. Year's resolutions in January. But you're completely right, and, you know, if you look around at people you know, 
chances are the ones who exercise will strike you as having, you know, more joy in life and more aliveness to them, general happiness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sharper, Alex, our daughter's you know. on the show. Yeah, huh? Alex is our daughter. Catherine, my wife, is on the show with us. Our son Andy and our daughter Alex and our daughter Alex exercise. How many days a week do you exercise, Alex? To shoot for five. Yeah, five. She's got two little kids, a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old, and she tries to get five days of exercise in. I think that's what she's what thirty years. Well, you'll be thirty one in just a couple of weeks. Sure will. <laughs> but exercise. Well, Chasing after kids counts as exercise. You'll be glad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, exactly. Definitely. It definitely does. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you if, if you've had a chance to actually read the book, but there's a, a chapter, chapter three, called "Sitting Kills." I mean, it's not just that we need to go to the gym mm-hmm. or, or take walks, although those right. things are great. It's not sitting that turns out to be a huge thing. Um, sitting is on a par with. Smoking, people call it, you know, sitting is the new smoking. It's, and it, you know, it affects your heart function and your nerve, neurodegenerative problems. It's, and it really raises the risk significantly for diabetes, just sitting too many hours a day. So just getting, getting up and chasing small children around the house, that, that's great. You know what I really love about your book, Exercise is Medicine, How Physical Activity Boosts Health and Slows Aging, Judy Foreman, our special guest, is that it's very positive. It's not this miracle thing that's going to happen overnight, or it's not this, oh, my, this is going to be horrible, but do it anyway. It's just a very positive, it's a very positive viewpoint in your book, and I really like that. Oh, well, that, that's great to hear. Um, you know, for me, personally, exercise is often the, the best you know, half an hour or whatever of my day. In addition mm-hmm. to all the physical effects, you kind of get this smug virtue or, you know, aren't I a good person feeling from it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's worth something, too, although I have no data on that. But subjectively, well, it all that's, works out that's really end. true. What and I would like message, to do as I go one, along... Oh, yeah. One message for your listeners. Um, you know, more exercise in general is better than less, but anything is better than nothing. I mean, it's great that you're going to go run a marathon, and I totally applaud that. Um, In fact, older people are the biggest, uh, the the increasingly largest segment of the running population, the running world. Yep. Um, Yep. Really? Yep. That surprised me when I learned that. But just getting off the couch really helps too. There's no doubt about it. If you don't mind, I'm going to reach out to you because I'm going to train the the Minneapolis-St. Paul Marathon. Twin Cities Marathon is in mid-October, so that's my goal. And if I don't make that, I'll I'll have to reschedule. But I would love to stay in touch with you and have you on to talk to you about that. Well, I'll I'll come and cheer you on, but I'll be at the finish line, so you've got to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Judy, you're the best. Thank you for your time today. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful day. Judy Foreman, Exercise is Medicine, How Physical Activity Boosts Health and Slows Aging. Great book. I loved her interview. She was, she was terrific. Yes. Is that a great attitude? Yes. She's- Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Foreman on the best of. Coming up next, we had Mike Vecchione in studio, bringing that that Vecchione vibe next on the best of. Yes, the Brazilians were very, very upset because they've done a play where Jesus is gay. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and again, I, you know, I, I grew up Roman Catholic and all the rest of it, and, and you know, I'm not the most religious guy on earth. But why would I give a rat's ass how you portray Jesus? Yeah, because I mean, if your thought or your belief in Jesus is what it is, why would you care? But a lot of people do, apparently. Just a lot to, of people. They're just trying to make Jesus relatable. That's all. Yeah, that's it. Well, which is fine. That's mm-hmm. good. Like I said, I don't worry about stuff like that. It's like, really? Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it was just uh, generic edgy humor is what it was. They had like yeah, Mary smoking true. weed and that kind of thing. It's <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Oh, they did. Awesome. It's like when you go oh, to a 14-year-old that. and say, what do you think is edgy? That's what they'll write down. Right, right. Hey, if I was a woman and got pregnant by not having sex, I might have to smoke weed just to wrap my head around that fact. <laughs> Well, the angel of God told her all about it, so she's good. (laughs) 
He's fine. Don't worry about a thing. I have a joke about um, the current nativity scene, which is um, every instead of everybody standing around looking at Jesus, the this. Um, they're all uh, facing away from Jesus on their phones. <laughs> I think that's modern day. Oh, that's uh, I perfect. think you're right. Uh, I think you're absolutely right about that. It's he's <laughs> doing the Sermon on the Mount, and no one cares. <laughs> they're all on their phones. Everybody's on their phones. You know what? I, what's what did he say? <laughs> well, I, is there ever, is anybody ever going to top Monty Python with the Sermon on the Mount? <laughs> he goes. Oh. <laughs> the meek shall inherit the earth. Oh, he's making it up as he goes along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is wonderful. You do that with every that... famous biblical painting. Just repaint it with everyone on their cell phones. And not the... <laughs> <laughs> the, like the Last crazy. Supper. Yeah. Nobody's talking. Yeah. They're all on their phones. Phones and, and tablets. <laughs> it'll happen. I suppose it'll happen. I don't know. Like like you said, I think any time that you have a situation, I guess millions of people in Brazil are very pissed off about it. And they've actually attacked the producer's home and the whole deal, right? What is it? The Last Temptation of Christ streaming or something? Is that what it is? Um, Yeah, it's called like the past. Yeah, first first temptation of christ or something like that right. yes it's called yes but it's not it's, new it's just streaming on it's not a new thing right it's just streaming on netflix it's hard to um, say because it's by a group that historically they haven't wanted to put their stuff on streaming services unless they've been on their own channel hmm. for like a while so they can get all the you know advertising money or whatever right, right. so i don't know oh, if it's yeah. been on their channel or if it's like they finally caved and just went direct to Netflix. I would be more upset about that, not getting the advertising money. <clears throat> oh yeah, I was trying to think of where where it did appear because I don't know if it was on Netflix or if it was just on YouTube. But it isn't in Brazil the place during um, the Good Friday where they reenact the crucifixion? Like certain people so. yes. reenact the crucifixion, so they're uh, maybe it was the Philippines. Also, they do it like it's their hardcore Catholic. Like, they're really like yes. If you're reenacting. The crucifixion on Good Friday, you know, you're not your average Catholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought it was very funny when I was a kid because if you would hang out, you can hang out with your your schoolmates and all the rest of it. Some of the families, man, I, you, they found out you had another kid there that uh, didn't go to school with you. It's like, nah, he can't come over anymore. It's like, oh, wow. oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, wow, that's a little harsh. Yeah, it's a little harsh. That's a little much. But. Well, I was one of them some some of the time. So yeah. you know that. Uh, oh, well, he went to we he goes to another here. parish. Why don't you go back to your own? Yeah, parish? well, yeah. Go back. <laughs> go back to, I love it. <laughs> go back to your own parish. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, oh, it's like you know, in the '90s, which wasn't that long ago, in Minnesota, there were people who were like you know, we're Episcopalian and you're Catholic. So it's like it's not like they won't talk to each other, but it's like you know, I don't, we, we we can't hang out. Oh wow! No, that's true. I didn't know that was oh, a yeah. thing. Oh yeah, and wow. not that long ago. I'm still. I'm sure in some places. Well, in some places, it's definitely like you know, especially if you like branch out more Christians, Jews, and Muslims. Right. They don't really hang out. Wow. But, but you know, when it comes I to like so. Lutheranism versus yeah. you know Catholicism, it's like they're not really that different. But yeah, New York no. City is a little different that way. We're all forced together via the train. <laughs> yep. So we, you're, forced <laughs> That's to, true. you're forced to be um, all together. You tra- You have to take the train a lot. I take the train all the time. I don't have a car. I had a car. It got stolen in Queens. So uh, <laughs> now, I take, now I take the train everywhere. <laughs> Very appropriate. <laughs> or the bus. So I'm you- a master of transportation. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds yeah. you got it all dialed in, man. Yeah. Um, so your car was stolen in Queens? It was stolen in Queens. And... Um, because what they have in uh, Queens is alternative side parking, so you have to move your car every couple of days or it gets ticketed. Right. So um, right. and then <laughs> and then you a lot of times you forget where you park, like because you park in different spots. So around the neighborhood. So I go to my car, it's not there. Um, so I have to like r- go back in my head and think to myself, did I where you know did I park here? What you know what happened? And sometimes they'll do this move in New York. They'll. A move your car if they're shooting a movie. Mm. They'll just tow your car around the corner <laughs> really? to another place. And they yeah. don't tell and you? And they don't tell you. Yeah, there's no way to communicate to you. So they'll do that. 
um, they, your car could be towed. If you parked in somebody's driveway, your car could be towed. So I parked in this Italian section. I know these, la- I, I know these kinds of ladies, too, which they, they cannot wait to call uh, a tow truck to tow your car if you park in front of their driveway. So um, I may, I, when I park in this particular place, I make sure I do not park in front of their driveway. So I call the cops, and the cops are like, are you sure you didn't park in front of the driveway? I'm like, dude, I know these women. I know how they think. I absolutely did not park in front of the drive for that very reason. And then, and then the cop. It was a while because the cops like, "Are you sure you parked here?" Because I'm sure they had a million people call them who just parked and forgot where they parked, and uh, you know, flagged the car missing, stolen, and then then it was a whole oh, process yeah. to get it unflagged. So they were like, "Well, wait 24 hours." I'm like, "Wait 24." I was telling the cops, "I'm like, wait 24 hours. What if somebody stole my car and they're doing drive-by shootings with my car?" <laughs> and the co- you yeah, know what the cops what said to me? That? Good point. I'm like, oh, is it a good point, dude? Like, who's the cop? Am I the cop or are you the cop? Good point. Hey, good point, Mike. That's phenomenal. Oh, my God. So, Uh, I mean, the reason how I did really find out is the woman whose house it got stolen in front of had video she she has a camera on the street and had video footage of somebody getting into the car uh, you don't see the driver's side you just see the passenger side and uh, you see the car light up and take off at like 1:30 in the morning oh man but it, i had a, like a 2000 acura and uh, while the car was like it had like 150,000 miles on it it's uh, they steal it and chop it up use it for parts and they found it in an abandoned lot like 9 yeah. months later burned out and just stripped so, so the insurance was good. The insurance paid. Yeah, shout out to Geico. And and then Geico keeps sending me letters like, "We want you back." I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't buy a car, dude. I don't know. Yeah. We want you to come back to the Geico family." I'm like, "You guys are great. I just never bought another car." Yeah, I didn't have a car when I lived in. I lived in New York in the early to mid '80s before I took the KQRS job and. I we never had a car. There was no, we lived on 20th Street and Second Avenue in Manhattan. There was nowhere to put a car nah, over there. Nah, uh, nah, you got to park it in a garage there, and that's that's like almost yep. that's like your rent. That's like four hundred a month. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's too expensive. So now when I go to town, I'll either rent a car, or I'll take the bus, and I live I live in Queens by LaGuardia, so I'll just fly out. It's the best. And now with Uber too, it's like it's super easy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, get- Two of my favorite stories ever about uh about that kind of stuff. My very first day in New York. So I fly to New York in, into uh LaGuardia. I come through the Midtown Tunnel in a taxi and uh we, we make it onto Manhattan and I look down at the you know, the the medallion on the on the dashboard tells you who your taxi driver is, right? right? So I look at it and I go, Hey, uh Joaquin, how are you doing? And he goes Familiarity breeds contempt. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't call him Joaquin. (laughs) But my favorite cop story is from one of your favorite towns in the world, Philadelphia. Yeah. When I was at Rittenhour Square, I was at a at a uh, there's a church right there, a Catholic church right there, and I was at a wedding, and I walked by. It's a beautiful day. And I walk by, uh, you know, the, the there's a that metal fence that goes around the square. And I walk by, and there's a cop leaning up against the fence. And I walk by, and I look, and I go, beautiful day, officer. She goes, yeah, right. <laughs> I That's thought it nice was atti- wonderful. That's a nice attitude to have. At least you didn't Isn't get tasered. Really nice? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think they At taser people for taser. that now. Well, probably true. Probably I true. Was, I, I did uh, Tony and Tina's wedding in South Philadelphia for years. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. South Philly was is a huge, um, it was, in, anyway, it was a huge Italian hub. I think they're still down there, but um, it's waning. And uh, I dated this girl from South Philly, so I would do the show. On the weekends, I would do the show. I would go out drinking, and then, and then she would go to, like, higher echelon places in um, center city but i would just stick to the south philly dive bars and then i would just crash at her place so we got snowed in one day and um i go to she was a nurse so she had to go to work so i um go to shovel her car out on the street and i'm shoveling it and i'm throwing the snow onto the street and i didn't know you were supposed to do that (laughs) cop drives by this cop drives by (laughs) and uh he stops and he, he rolls down his window and goes you really want that? You really want that two hundred dollar ticket, don't you? 
You want me to give you that $200 ticket? I go, what are you talking about? My girl's a nurse. She's got to get out. He's like, we all got to get out, pal. Stop doing that. Stop shoveling it on the street. Screams at me and then drives away. And the neighborhood people come out. It's so funny. And the neighborhood people come out and they go, they always yell at the wrong people. They always yell at the wrong people. He's like, they're trying to comfort me. You know, the neighborhood people. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. It's like, I don't know where she, she's, she's trying to get out, you know? Aww. You know, I think everybody should do, like, I, I spent a lot of time in, in Chicago and New York, sometime in Los Angeles, moved around. I lived in Jacksonville, Florida for a while, I was on the radio. And you did the same same thing, basically, bouncing around from Youngstown to uh, to Boca Raton, then Philadelphia, right. then right. New York. I think it's really good to be exposed to those different cultures. I think it's really good for people. Yeah, I would say, Don't because people get locked into their own... You know, people get yep. locked into their own routines. I, I do meditation and stuff, and um, uh, you know, uh, I'm interested in the mind-body connection and, and spirit. And uh, people get locked into their conditioning, and it's 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 surprising sometimes if you watch your own mind work. It's like how everything is. You 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 function on autopilot much of the time, and and as a result, like you're missing your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so if, yeah. if my point is uh, to your point, like if you grow up just a, in the same town, you're doing the same things and you're not exposed to anything else. It's like everything just becomes like a route, just a routine that you don't even think about anymore. It's almost like you're conditioned to be some kind of a drone. Yeah. You know, instead of like being exposed, being exposed to different situations and different people. And it, it makes you think it uses you make it forces you to use different parts of your brain, I would say. And react Which in different we need ways. More of. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we need more of that. We, we need a lot more people thinking just a little differently than. Well, again, I think we're so focused right now on, now on everybody being a victim. That's all they can think of. Right. It's disgusting. Right. No, I, and I and I think legitimately they are victims. I, I think that's actually true. Like I think legitimately they are victims. But but to be, you know, in order to make things better, I think you have to figure out how to climb out of that, how to climb out of this the the victim status. So I don't I don't mm-hmm. begrudge them for being. You are an actual victim. I really do. But like if you grew up with like in your situation, like that's a rough rough situation to grow up in. And I think that you are a victim in that situation. But but. The fact that you figured it out and climbed out of that is uh, is a great thing. You know, what I mean, that's the example we should be following. You know, yeah, I mean, I think it's terrific. I, the only problem is in, in in my neighborhood and probably where you grew up as well. If you claim to be a victim, people would turn on you in a heartbeat. They'd right. be like, "Don't be nobody's victimizing yeah. me or you." Don't be yeah. using the using the word victim. I don't even want to hear it. Right. They didn't. They didn't want to hear that at all. It was right. Amazing. And a lot of people these days also do this thing where they don't tell the whole story in terms of like um, they come oh, yeah. out and they go, "I'm a self-made." Like if somebody does come out of that situation, they go, "I'm self-made. I'm a self-made. I'm a you know." Everybody wants to take. It's like, I mean, if I I've had some success, you know, and uh, if I ever get attain a massive level of success, I'm the farthest thing from a self-made guy there is. I mean, yeah, it took my drive and and t- to get places but i had massive help i mean my mother my father like teachers coaches like massive there's no way i would be anywhere close to where i where i am even now without the help of so many people and i think i think that's that gets left out of the story a lot you know what i mean even if it's not two parents like somebody stepped up like a community member an uncle or Mm -hmm. a grandmother like somebody really stepped up and helped and i think that gets that that gets left out of the story a lot you know Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Go Vikings, let's win this game. Go Vikings, honor your name. That was Mike Vecchione on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the old vault. All the way back to episode 474 with impressionist Jeff Richards. Next. Uh, for people who might not know, Opie and Anthony have been a very, very big radio show uh, on the East Coast in New York City for, God, 20 years at least. been a long time. <clears throat> okay, Tevin, you ready? I'm ready. Again, this is one of the biggest radio shows in America. 
Anthony Kumi, a co-host of Sirius XM's Opie and Anthony, was taking photos in Times Square on Tuesday when he was allegedly assaulted by an African-American woman who didn't want her picture taken. He then went on a tirade on Twitter, writing a slew of offensive and racist posts about the incident. This is the part where I can't look at Tevin while I'm reading this. According to Kumia, on his own Twitter account now. Actually, I wonder, what is his Twitter handle? I want to see if they're still there. Uh, hashtag fired. <laughs> hashtag fired. <laughs> hashtag long gone. I, I don't know, but if you, if you go to Opie and, oh, just type in Opie and Anthony, that'll tell you. Um... According to Kumia, the woman was in the frame of one of his shots, and upon discovering this, immediately assaulted him, punching him in the face. He proceeded to call her an animal bitch, a savage, and referred to her as it, and stated that, quote, they aren't people. He described the race situation in America as a battle, adding that we are losing. In another post, this is one of the biggest radio guys in America. Okay? Well, not anymore. In another really? post, we didn't get fired. Maybe even yeah. bigger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it works, right? Yeah. Well, people on Twitter are not happy about it. No. They're talking really? about it. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. In another post, Kumia wrote, there's a deep-seated problem with violence in the black community. Try to address it, and you'll be exiled to racistville. But it's real. <laughs> the switch to violence is immediate. No discussion, just violence. When will that be addressed? Oh, right. Never. Slavery did it? Oh, Okay. Okay. <laughs> he has been retweeting people criticizing him and giving them witty retorts, like literally just the entire day. The entire day, that's what he's been doing. They didn't just like non stop. Usually they just like. Twitter, stop their I don't account. think they care that much. I think they do. Do you think well, I mean, like, unless he actually says some. Freedom of speech, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I know, speech, but I think that if you're, if you're reported as offensive enough times, they'll take well, your page down at least temporarily. It's They have certain rules, certain things you can't say, and like certain things times. you can't post. <laughs> I think that. <laughs> the N word versus the word savage yeah. is a little, I mean, it's yeah. not quite the same, you know? No. But I don't think you want to. Uh, where is it? Again? You got to be careful. I mean, you can't because this is what happens. You get, you know. Yeah, I, I animal bitch, a savage, referring to her as it, and saying, "quote They aren't people." Oh, and now he's going after the journalists too. Oh, he is. Hey, but that's Alex. what he should. That's what he would do. That's what he would yeah. do. I mean, well, his, that's I his position. He's like, he's a you know, he's a, he's a jockey. You know, he's trying to get people riled up. You know who's having a goddamn great day. Donald Sterling. <laughs> He's Here we go. Hey, I'm oh, out. I'll have that's uh, my nephew. <laughs> that's my nephew. I'll have Google Translate read this tweet of his. Okay, good. Hey, that Alex Nidalek, you fucking Put excuse for a journalist. Spread your shit, but won't come to the source and address me. You're a little cunt. <laughs> So well, you oh Jeff couldn't hear that, I didn't, didn't have his headphones. Oh, oh, yeah, well, okay. Oh, well, okay. Wait for we Jeff to Richards. Hear it too bad. Here we go. Good. Oh, okay. Oh, by the way, the gibberish that it says near the beginning is at Alex not Alex, which is the Twitter handle. Okay. Hey, at Alex Nidalek, you fucking excuse for our journalist. Spread your shit, but won't come to the source and address me. You're a little cunt. So I think he's like kind of resigned himself to that? being no, fired. No, how could he? Think but he's, he a, he can, he's a pleasant man. He's lovely. Do you think he's lost it? I mean, I don't know Opie and Anthony, and you know, I don't know him at all. Sounds he's like just, he's lost. He's it. fighting. He's fighting right but now. But why is he doing it? Aussie chicks why would all look you... like a pretty girl's ugly sister. I think he's just trying trying to offend as many people as he can at this point. Yeah, I mean, at this, I mean, it, who he is and, and everything is like he's not going to back down at this point. He's never going to apologize. And no, he's forced no, to apologize. No, so you're right. Well, this is how he's I mean, this it. is the East Coast. They don't put up with anything like this on the air. I mean, they put up with it. You know, I mean, in the neighborhoods and all that kind of stuff, but not on the air. They're not going to. He's not going to keep his job. Look at Howard Stern, though. Yeah. Yeah, but look at Don Imus. On Imus, yeah, was it happy headed hose or whatever he's in? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I just don't understand why he's continuing. I suppose you're right though, Jeff. He has no option but to keep battling back now because he'll lose respect if he does. I don't know. Can he can he live through this? Though? Once you cross a certain line, he there's can just do a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> Did, was Stern, did Stern get racial like that? No, I don't well, think he did. He, he was didn't a get, sexist. But, but crack, he would say but things like crack, that. Crack. He would say things yeah. like it. He would say things like that. No, you're absolutely right. And we're talking, so, you know, there's a long history yeah. of, of guys in radio uh, 
all of them have been fired. Like Greece, but Stern was fired too, like and then rehired, and then fired right. and rehired. Well, that's very true. You're absolutely. Right. I just. But I think what most people thing. want is this attention. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. think anybody really cares. It's just numbers. Everyone I tweeting guess. about it. He gets more people talking about him, and, and then he can spin it how he wants to spin it. Yeah. It might not work. It might work, but. I don't know. He's got the heat now. He's got a lot of heat on He's him. He's got a lot of heat on him. Well, no really what that. matters is, is he still going to bring money in? Because if he's not, then they're going to get rid of him. I don't think but XM can, can do this, uh, especially in New York City. I don't think I they don't can. I don't think they can. I don't think really? they can let him continue on. Mm-mm. Although there aren't, there's no advertising on XM, so they can't cancel the advertising. I People suppose can all, cancel their subscription. I, that's what's going to matter. People, People are canceling their, their subscriptions. Oh, they are. But what matters is, are enough people going to cancel? Because if, if enough people cancel, they're going to say, this guy's a liability. We have to get rid of him. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Although they might do that anyway. <clears throat> Even if a few people do it, it looks like a good move. It's good marketing for XM. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I suppose. I mean, you, you do have to look at it from a business <clears throat> standpoint. Tevin, you have XM? I do not. <laughs> Are you going to sign up now? They're having a sale. <laughs> Apparently they're having Free a sale. Free XM for 10 years now with your car. Yeah. <laughs> now we got it. She punched him first, though, right? Punched him 10 times. First. That's what he said. Okay, well. So well that's, not, man that's not good. There. No, it's not good. Yeah, that only there is in the wrong there. No, you're absolutely right. It's not good. <laughs> On this week's Mishki Roadshow, available at MishkiRoadshow.com, you'll meet the Andy Griffith who existed before there ever was an Andy Griffith. Mm-hmm. Subscribe at iTunes for free. The Mishki Roadshow now at the TomBernardNetwork.com. By the way, Jeff, I really, I really enjoy your talent, but your your impression of me sucked. I just want. You to I know, I know. It was on the spot. I can get it. Though. I know you were on it. You, 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 you think you could? If I hung out here for a little All while, all I have to do is just you be super crabby. Yeah, just swear yes. and scream. Oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, you could. You're getting close. You don't want to do that. You know, That's uh, close. It is pretty good. Okay, and, your impression uh, you're, you're of yourself right, there was sad. <laughs> yeah. That was horrible. It's not you. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> my wife and my daughter. Here we go. I just won't <laughs> shut up. Oh, okay, okay. Samuel <laughs> Yeah, now all of a sudden Samuel L. You guys look like oh, telemarketers okay. with the headsets. I, like I feel like a telemarketer. We're selling That's XM subscriptions. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. good, right? <laughs> Alex, let me ask you. Um, no. This is it. Well, Andy and Alex, I want to ask both what? of you. No. Uh, you've met every you know comedian in the world pretty much. Every single <clears throat> comedian in the world. But if you had, well, ladies and gentlemen. If yeah. you could name, like, the comedians that you've known, not just met, but the comedians you've known throughout your, your lives. Do you have one favorite comedian? Uh, you can't really yes. do that. Who one is, who's, the one, who's the one favorite comedian you have? Louis Anderson. You really? You really like well, Louis? you've known him he's since like you were the a nicest, tiny tot. Um, little, yeah. Oh, you mean like in terms of comedy or, or as yeah, a person? Yeah, like the funniest. Yeah, let's like, say yeah, as a you, person. Who, Louis you, Anderson. Uh, Louis Anderson? Yeah, yes. because then I'd have to say Louis because... He's one of the few that I really know. He's like my uncle. And he's yeah. given you things. And yes, he gives you stuff. <laughs> I have this bobblehead in my bedroom. <laughs> so you like Louis Anderson a lot, huh? What? Yeah. Was he was in Times Square the other day. If you would like Louis to say, one thing that you'd like Louis to say to you that he's never said. Here's I, a million dollars. <laughs> I don't. What Jeff, what do you think of the temperature? What are you... It's high in here. <laughs> I'm dying. Nobody knows I do me. I'm just staring around. A million dollars, this guy over here with the beard. I want some butterfingers. I'm dying. Take them to my heart. It's hot in here. Is that oh not the God. greatest impression you've ever crazy. heard? Oh my God. Jeff, that is crazy. phenomenal. That's mm. <laughs> nice to see you staying. <laughs> oh my God. I, you know, when Jeff was on this morning, and Terry wouldn't let up on him. I do apologize for that. Just go, do more, do more, do more, do more. Oh, jeez. Yeah, she loves a good impression. Mm. She does. But, but I mentioned to Jeff this morning, I said, when you come on the afternoon show, you, ha- you have to do a little. I don't want to announce that, that you're going to do That was what he has for us? That you were like, he's yes, got something for you? I was like, I what knew, is he bringing in? <laughs> I knew that you would be. I was looking at your face when he said, because I can't see Andy's face. Oh. I was looking at your face when he did it, and you were like, Jesus. That was yeah, crazy. Was really Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Well, you know, you, 
You live and then you don't live. <laughs> so in the meantime, I'm Butterfingers. <laughs> And Diet Coke, because you know, I don't want to go too far. <laughs> I'll play it cool. Uh, Jeff does all kinds of impressions that That's are amazing. Great. And we talked about that, how, how you learned that you could do that. Was it just entertaining your friends, your family? How did you know you could do these things? Uh, it was like a, my, uh, I remember like early on I could Im- Im- imitate my uh, uncle. Oh, who had yeah. uh, who was who had like a ba- brain aneurysm and then he was deaf from the brain aneurysm, which is kind of tragic. But I, I <laughs> but I didn't know the difference. I was a little kid, you know. Right? Yeah. So I would just go, "Hey man, you got any cigarettes? <laughs> Am I talking too loud?" He'd go real quiet. Am I talking too loud? <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. But then, uh, then through high school, uh, I did like a lot of teachers, impersonations of teachers and things yeah. like that, and gained acceptance that way. And it is all about acceptance, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it is. I was a pretty shy kid yeah. until I started doing uh, voices, pretty much. I bet, you know, I could see that, absolutely. And it's just... Because I study. I just, like, study people. People think I'm, like, on drugs or something. But <laughs> just staring at I them. don't mean to do yeah. it, but I'll just study someone. <laughs> Sub- just, like, a subconscious thing. People are going, like, what? What? <laughs> you know. The amazing thing, though, because there are people that do voices, and people... There are other people that try to do Louis. They don't do it anywhere near that well. I mean, that is dead on. It's a very but, distinctive voice. Yeah. Yes. But Jeff does voices... Like that are not easy to do, uh, and I don't want to go down a list. And again, I, I didn't bring in like you know a trained monkey, which I probably I don't mind doing a few. God, I just I think want a little Dustin Hoffman. Phenomenal. <laughs> <clears throat> These things don't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're into the volume's not loud enough anyway. Oh, here we go. This is Dustin Hoffman. Right? <clears throat> there was a long hole. She was trying to open the door. She couldn't open the door. She. And at that particular time, my neck was very thick <laughs> because I was I was on this salt cleanse or something. So they're trying to hide my neck to use like a uh, what do you call oh it? Uh, a turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> they used a turtleneck, which didn't work because it's still very thick and it wasn't the right color. So I find you very attractive, very very attractive. <laughs> I want to make passionate like, hours, hours, hours. So, what you tell my wife? Maybe she'll go out with you. You get that weird smile, too. Sure, That's sure. great. I have been treated because I talked to Jeff for the first time this morning. I couldn't see him. Oh, so, everybody's oh, telling yeah. me, wait till you see him do Dustin Hoffman yeah. in person because the facial expressions are incredible. My head is shaped very similar. <laughs> so, I got that going for me. <laughs> For me or against me. Whatever you want. Yeah. 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 That is not an easy voice to do. That was actually one that took me a while. Oh, I could see that. Just let it go and then come back to it because it's pretty subtle. I mean. Oh, it's dead on, though. Yeah. The register is like this. You have to do it very quiet. Yeah. Do it very with respect. <laughs> Try to prove some idiotic stereotype that macho women, ugly, ugly women are masculine. Well, shame on you, macho shithead. <laughs> Remember Tetsuya? <laughs> yes, I do. That is so great. It's really great. It just is. Because you look just like him when you're doing the voice. Now, Kevin Pollack does a lot, a lot of voices. One that he does, Peter Falk. And he can get his eyes to do what yeah. Peter... It's amazing. Oh, really? Whole, with the two, whatever it is that happens it. with him? Like what Jeff is doing with Dustin Hoffman. Like, what Jeff is doing with Dustin Hoffman, Kevin Pollock does with Peter Falk, and he looks just like him when he does it because he kind of crosses his eyes a little bit. Uh, it's a, now, do you have to sit and look at a mirror and practice that, or do you no. just know how to shape your face? Just, yeah. Because you look just like him when you're doing it. I don't know. I don't know. I just get into it. They can just do it. Just, if you don't do an impression for a while, do you have to listen yeah. to them again to get it back? Yeah. Or is it always like just, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh, because now the Kevin Spacey most people know is a house of cards. Mm, you're right. I mean, everybody knows oh, who Kevin yeah. Spacey is. Right. But the, what they're getting now is that. So, you know, that's a little different. Like, you know, I'm the vice president of the United States of America. Doug, can I get a hot foot Sunday? 
It's not very good. <laughs> I have to be stoned to do that one. <laughs> Some go. of you have to be stoned. Uh, yes, I can see that. That was only long haul work. But I can do regular Kevin Spacey, which is sort of like regular. Shut up, sit down, listen, and learn. Oh yeah. Oh. Look, these paper clips have my fucking brains in you. What you say means nothing, and what you do means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's what a uh, that's an incredible talent you have. Your Letterman. Also this morning, I said, "Why? What do you mean he does David Letterman? How do you do David Letterman?" And maybe just for the average person listening, they wouldn't know. How do you not do it? <laughs> it's 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 a delight to be here. Uh, there is a, an ample supply of water and liquor, which is nice. <laughs> uh, it just it, it behooves you. It behooves you, and it behooves every American across the United States to come in here and just take a look around to see what's going on. Check out the toiletry. <laughs> Because there is a bathroom. Nice to see you. Yeah, you're right. he does do all that weird squinting yeah. all the time. Sure. I'm always it, wondering it, why are you, why is he making all those yeah. weird faces? Yeah. Sure, nice going. <laughs> Good for you. Way to go. Do you have brothers and sisters? Uh, not really. No? Not really? Well, I have an really old... An I, my brother's so much older than me. It was oh, like, yeah. You know, he's more like a father figure. But So you're like kind of just a... Uh, just a roaming man. Just roaming? <laughs> yeah. That's it, the whole thing? That's it. So I, I, it's, it's such a great psychological thing, just thinking about why you can do what you do. And all the because there are a lot of people that try to do impressions and are really not that good at them. His his is like super the subtlety in all yours. Absolutely, because like, a lot of people do like seem like they're doing impressions of someone doing an impression. Like you're a lot of them Schwarzenegger, are. like yeah. Wow, yeah I, mean, I really shit. do think your own take on these yeah. is everything because you're kind of emphasizing what you think is makes them who they are. Well, so it's yes. like if if that's it, good to have you, good to have you with us. Nice, then they get. You, they get that side of Letterman, which is kind of fake when when a right, guy comes right, on. Right, and he's right. just, geez, this must be a big movie for you. Are you excited? Are you, you know, like that <laughs> whole thing? Like he doesn't care, <laughs> but it, that's that's funny. He's a caricature of himself sometimes, you know. So, well, who was that um, comedian we had on who was telling the story about the guy doing the Nicholson impression, and he was doing the whole, you know, like uh, oh yeah, the receding hairline thing, except the guy was bald. So he was just doing an impression of people doing an impression of Nicholson. Yeah. And I think that's uh, something you want to avoid. I also think, you know, you, I don't never scalp. wanted to do ones that everybody did, but right, unless right. I had like a real take on do it. Do Yoda. Like, uh, <laughs> like Gary Shandling or something, you know, these obscure oh, ones where there really isn't, a, it wouldn't work in stand up that well, you yeah. know? Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> uh, why, why is he? Does he have to be here? He looks. Are you? Why are you looking at me like that? Do I look weird? You know, it's the hair on the inside that counts. <laughs> now I feel weird. My eyebrows have something to say. Go ahead, eyebrow. No, they're fine. Uh, did this podcast actually start yet? Okay. And um, everybody can see this on, on camera, can't they? Yes, they can. It, because the facial part of yeah. it is amazing. You actually look like the people. And I don't know how the hell you do that because, I mean, do you think... Do you think you look like every man? So therefore, well, they did say that when I did SNL, they were yeah. like the way my head was shaped because <laughs> because you could put stuff onto it and it would, you know, it could become other things more than like if I if you're a really skinny, you know, guy, then you you it's hard to play bigger guys. Yeah, absolutely. But if you're right in the middle, you could play bigger. You could play. Yeah, you smaller. are right in the middle. That's very true. That's because you know we went back. Jeff was the only person that was on both Mad TV and Saturday Night Live. Uh, did Louis Anderson? Did uh, oh, your the black woman in the story. That black woman story is a great story. Oh, yeah. What's joke stealing and all? You know, which one was this? You were talking about how you did this. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I've never really told that before. It's a great story. You got to tell that story. Again. Oh okay, yeah. I, uh, you know, we we're talking about like what it means to take material and. And if somebody has a joke that's so hacky, if somebody takes it, you're like, well, 
how can you take it? I mean, you could have thought of that. You know, it's right, hard to like right, pin somebody down. Right. But there was this one guy I was doing comedy, and I used to do this bit where uh, it was a black woman, uh, and I used to go, "Put more gravy on it, baby." <laughs> <laughs> Mama loves you, baby. Pop all grave out of baby. <laughs> so I went into this club, and this guy was on before me, and he goes, Put more gravy on your baby, too. He goes, Put more gravy on your turkey, baby. Put more gravy on your turkey, baby. So it's like, and did it he, was he so did stupid. Not, he did a terrible black woman. But he did not, he could not have known that you had already done that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just. Oh, it that seems must have pretty been weird. F- pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I was that's very pretty close. close. Just <laughs> adding turkey to the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's we talked about. Well, Judd Apatow did a deal about a guy with a what is it? What is it called again? An auto larynx? Uh, Electro larynx. Electro larynx. Judd Apatow, when he used to do stand up, did a did a joke about a guy going to a drive through, a fast food drive through with an auto uh, with a what's it called again? <laughs> Electrolarynx. Yes. Electrolarynx. Mm-hmm. And he's going like, I'd like to have two hamburgers, you know? And he did this whole bit. And about a year later, Dennis Leary did the exact same bit. Yeah. Now, that's pretty hard to say. Well, it's just, it's a hacky thing, and anyone could have thought of that. It, it was amazing. But then still, I don't know. No, just, well, I don't know. You could be walking. You could actually see that. I mean, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Well, maybe. It's though. a hard thing to pin down, but like, certain jokes, I think. Or you can't. It's hard to say unless they're really, really original. It's hard to say. Yeah, me. I suppose. Yeah, yeah I suppose. In, uh, Ultimately, uh, electrolarynx is so unusual. I suppose yeah, these you, days, you, yeah, you could probably come up with that. Deal. But back these then, days. well, I mean, like well, in like uh, yeah. the '60s and '70s, they did electrolarynx parodies in movies. And I almost feel like that was a joke in itself back then. Just People the, would do the auto larynx thing. They I would. That. Yes, yes yeah, I they absolutely that. would. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever heard one. We were up at that Bayport Inn. They're kind of startling. Oh, yeah. And oh. the guy behind me, I'd never heard one before, right? So I'm sitting at the table, and this guy literally, there was a, this is a two-part story. It's very quick, though. He goes, I'd like a BLT. And, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> right? So I'm looking around, and I see the guy. Okay, so that was part one. Then part two... Uh, do you remember as we were leaving, he was outside? No. So he's talking to the electrolarynx, and, and so I got used to it and going, oh, okay, well, he puts this thing up. That's how, the only way he can talk. <clears throat> we go outside, and he's out there, and he's had a tracheotomy, right, which those guys have, okay? And that changes your sex? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> It's a hole so you can breathe. It's a hole so I can breathe. It's hot in there. You know, I'm going to be doing that to myself now because of you. It's hot in there. Uh, um, I'm not so, going in there. It's hot in there. So we go outside, and he's got the Paul Mall in the trach hole. Oh. He's going like. Well, that's the only way they can still smoke him. And the shit's coming out the hole. Uh. Mm hmm. It didn't come out of his mouth. It came out the hole when he uh, apparently inhaled it, and then uh, ex- it was. That's desperate. Yeah, yeah. And it was that's like, an addiction. Like brown stain right here. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> enough of that. The nicotine stain. But honestly, God, my wife. By yeah. I would say by the the end of the weekend, she's going to end up hating you. Because I'm going to go around the rest of the weekend going, it's hot in here. <laughs> because of you. Everyone's going to be like, what are you I doing? I want to do a sketch where he's in a sauna. <laughs> oh. And he's just like, it's hot in here. <laughs> so where are you from? <laughs> oh, you're from Florida. <laughs> you're from Florida. It's hot you ever go swimming when you're in Florida? <laughs> Don't lie to me, bitch. <laughs> That's magnificent. You know, I'll do it too. Hey, honey. (laughs) All weekend. No, thank you. We'll be back in 90 seconds. I'll just call Louie if I want to hear him. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he's always always willing to pick up the phone. Known Louie, like I said, many, 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 many years. Every time he calls me, I look down the phone. Oh, it's Louie. I answer the phone. Hey, Tom, you mad at me? Why would I be mad at you? He's very sensitive. I yes. love you, Louie. Always have loved you. Why? I had you mad at me. I'm like, no, what? And then he goes, 
Okay. <laughs> Love <Hey>. you. <laughs> it's just bizarre. <laughs> just checking. Jeff Ridges is at Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday. And our Sunday show at 7 o'clock as well. We'll be back in 90 seconds with more of Jeff Richards. Brilliant performer that he is on the TomBernardShow.com. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, when you're talking fencing, Midwest Fence. Midwest Fence, oldest and largest fence company in the entire state of Minnesota. Harry Truman was in office, and these guys were selling fences in Minnesota. Todd from Midwest Fence is here, and I want you to tell me, what's the big deal with Trex? Everybody's talking about the most powerful, strongest, most durable fence in the world. What's Trex fencing? Trex fencing is the most durable composite fence product out there. No staining. It was tested in Florida, up to 130-mile wind blast, and that fence was the only one standing. Do other people have it? We're still the exclusive. If you look in trexfencing.com, we are the only fence company that distributes that. So if you want your fence to fall down, you go with everybody else. If you want it to stay up, you go with Midwest Fence. That's what I'm hearing. Clearly. If you want to stay in a fence, buy a wood one. If you don't want to stay in it and you want to look at the beauty for 20 years and be lazy, buy a Trex fence. Can I ask you a question? It's very personal. Do you sell electrified fence? Sell electrified fence because I need some. There's some good razor wire down on it. <laughs> oh, see? You can get the new Midwest Guard Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Midwest those. Guard Towers are great. Midwestfence.com. The Rusty Gatenby Review video podcast on the Tom Bernard Network. The Rusty Gatenby Review is the entertaining show about entertainment. Rusty Gatenby will give you his opinion about upcoming movies, restaurants, music, or events, and will also feature in-studio guests. The Rusty Gatenby Review. Find it at therustygatenbyreview.com. That's therustygatenbyreview.com on YouTube or on the Tom Bernard Network page. Jeff Richards, our special guest. He's at Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, and Sunday as well. Uh, Jeff Richards. What I said. Oh, I thought you said something else. Oh, jeez. Jeff Richards. <laughs> no, no, you're crazy. I thought you said our arch nemesis. Arch nemesis. He's our arch nemesis. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Another Jeff. How are you not getting Sounds this? Sounds like Richards. Oh, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. You don't want to know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you after this. Okay. Arch nemesis. <clears throat> I said Jeff Richards. Oh. Yes, I definitely did. Okay, for a minute there, I'm like, did he say? <laughs> Honest Sorry. to God. I'm trying to cause trouble is all you're doing. <laughs> Never. There. Never. Indeed. I forgot to do one I didn't do before. Uh, it's not on that list. Oh, really? It's a new one. If you want to hear a new one, I, 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 hey, look, I, Guy Fieri. You're a man. Uh, you do Guy Fieri. Mike, can you see Jeff's face when he's doing these impressions? Oh, I see the side, the profile. It's huge. See, the burger's good because the burger's got the charbro bun. Gives it about smoky <laughs> flavor. <laughs> and the patty. Look at the patty. Boom. Juicy patty. Good patty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Juicy. Do you ever like call places and make reservations as these people, and then just oh just, yeah, you know, mm. get into uh, a list restaurants? No, no, I could start doing that. Yeah, I wanted should, to figure out what to do with these impressions because it just seems like oh, you can so... do stand up, but there's got to be ways I can. Um, Benefit. Make them, yeah, that. And, <laughs> but, but the ways I could, you know, you utilize them, I suppose. You know, you should do a movie. Maybe where you if play you call, every role. I can if you I can call and leave a message on your answer machine. No, I could leave answer machine. I could call and leave an outgoing message as a celebrity, a service. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely, you could do there that. There you go. Yeah, you absolutely could. And and if anybody does like video, like like Google, what's it called, Google phone or what the hell's it called facetime no the thing that mike from blaine uses google voice oh, google, google voice. voice google phone because then you could do the facial part and the you could do it all yeah 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 you could do it i all. think you should do a movie in which all these people are in the movie but you play every role you could like be fabulous eddie murphy because everyone could... loves those movies yes yeah, I'd, have, I'd have the chucker call dustin hoffman Oh my Who? God! Would that, that be? Would be a There's a guy on prank calls. Many, many years ago, Michael Jackson wanted to be on the KQ Morning Show, but he, there was a caveat, and he said, "I don't want to be interviewed by some dumbass disc jockey," which I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be interviewed by a dumbass disc jockey either, right? So we decided to make up a character. Who was the dumbest bastard disc jockey of all time, and we called him the Chucker. 
And then, unfortunately, Michael Jackson decided he didn't want to do the radio tour at all, so he canceled. So our chucker found a guy named Michael Jackson in the Chicago phone book and <laughs> called him. It's pretty amazing. That's awesome. And so he, what, what would happen is there would be people that, let's say, wanted to come on uh, the radio and talk about their book or their movie or whatever, but they wouldn't, didn't want to get up in the morning. So he would interview them in the afternoon as the chucker. And he would do things like Keanu Reeves as a band called Dog Star. Right. So Chucker would get things confused, and th- he thought he was Christopher Reeve. You'd have to hear it. It's, yeah. yeah, it's brilliant stuff. So if we set him up and have him call, thinking he's calling Dustin Hoffman, and have him call him, it would be. You mean not tell the Chucker? Oh no! So do the reverse on him. Yeah, you could do the reverse on him. The Durst jockey. The Durst jockey. Oh, you do the Fred Durst jockey. You do. You do Fred Durst, don't you? No, I just had my hat backwards and stuff. Oh, that was it. I know you well, do. Some of them you don't have to. I don't. You don't have. There's not so much dialogue to learn. Yeah, right? so Durst, you don't have to, to do. do. Yeah. No, I suppose. But yeah. I, I did. You people don't know this who didn't uh, listen to the KQ Morning Show. But um, Jeff was basically verbally attacked by Philip because he doesn't do any black impressions. No. So Jeff fired Jeez. back by doing a pretty damn good Philip impression. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Because Philip's you don't do any black voices. <laughs> I just went that way with it, you know. Hey, man. Why don't you do any black ones? Let's get it done in San Francisco like these clips got it done today on another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week. From Judy Foreman, Mike Vecchio, and Jeff Richards. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.